So in this morning's reading, we hear the story of Abraham and Sarah. It's towards the end of their story. And they have been promised by God that their descendants will be too numerous to count. But we find them here, an old couple, childless, long past their childbearing years. And as we enter into this part of their story, we hear of God and the three strangers or angels who visit them and remind them of the promise that God had made to them. And they laugh, not because they're happy, but because they are unbelieving. They scoff at God. You know that, (laughs) yeah, right, that ain't going to happen kind of scoffing. And they scoff because they have forgotten their God. They have instead chosen to believe what they know to be true, that people their age, in their 90s, cannot have children. They have given up. But God, the one who created them, who knows the possibility of their bodies, God has other things in mind for them. Just over a year ago, I traveled to Detroit as part of my training as the Proclaimed Story Day director for the National Youth Gathering. We heard lots of stories in our two and a half days there about Detroit, stories of their history, stories of hope. But one story in particular stood out for me. One of the planners was sharing with us that while they were working with one of the community groups and telling them about the 30,000 youth that were going to show up in July, they just looked at them and said, yeah, well, that's what everybody says, but nobody ever comes. Take a look at what happened in Detroit in July. Unmute 30, there we go. more than 300, more than 3,000, 30,000. It's a lot of people. Thanks, Pastor. <laughs> and where are we? We're in Detroit. What did we do? Sing and worship God. If you're grateful for this grace, then let me see your Lucas way. Bishop Pearson got that Lucas way. With the movement, got that Lucas way. ELCA got that Lucas way. Lexi, tell me about uh, this morning's worship service. It was really cool. It was fun. Uh, uh, who was your favorite speaker and why? Um, I don't know her name, but the poem lady, because it was really inspirational. Poetry. Yeah. Poetry. Slam poetry. Slam poetry. Slam yeah. poetry. <laughs> poetry. That's what I meant. This is not a city attempting to transition into another city. 
It's just Detroit. It's churches and old buildings that lean like drunk lovers but still open every Sunday for worshipers. Coney Island hot dogs and Fago pop on the days when you want to feel like you are the only one told a secret is, it's what up though. <laughs> I like the lady that uh, talked about coats and um, she had like a woman's shelter. My name is Veronica Scott, I'm 24 years old, and I'm the CEO and founder of the Empowerment Plan here in Detroit. And a class ended up changing my entire life. The class assignment was designed something to fill actual needs. I did my research at homeless shelters. So the first product I created was the coat. The coat looks like a regular jacket during the day, but when you open it up, you can actually slide your feet in all the way up to your knees and Velcro it closed again to make a sleeping bag. Because a coat is just a band-aid for a systemic issue. And what really would have the impact is hiring the population that would need them in the first place. We hire only individuals from homeless shelters and then we train them in everything from sewing and manufacturing to employment as well as tech and whatever they need to become more independent and to be proud of their accomplishments and be proud of themselves. What are we about to do here? We're about to help Detroit in a helpful way. And are you tired at all? No. Nope. Awesome. Are you excited? Yes. And are you excited? Yes. Are you tired? Yes. It's really muggy out. It's really, really muggy out. It's really muggy out. It's really, really muggy out. It's sunny today. Yeah. And it's really hot. It's pretty hot. It's obnoxious. Here. Tell me about the temperature today. Hot. Yeah, it's really, really hot out here. <laughs> Tell me how you're feeling. Hot. Tell me about your sleeves. Sun's out, guns sun's out. out, guns out. So, Carter, tell me about your sleeves. Uh, sun's out, guns out, but Lexi took my line. Did you just steal that line from the girls? No, she took it from me first. Oh, sure, right, okay. What happened to your sleeves? Oh, uh, I, they fell off because my muscles were too big. Oh. Okay, um, this morning we were cleaning up the sidewalks because when we first got here I didn't actually realize there was a sidewalk. <laughs> nope. It was all coated with grass and dirt and dead stuff and trash and all that. The residents here are going to be able to walk to and from the bus system to get them to their homes. The sidewalk has been completely covered with roots, trash, branches. Yeah, lots of trash. So we've been working. We've been cutting down trees and raking and shoveling. Um, picking up all the trash and creating the sidewalk. Yes, and getting trees because they keep cutting them down so they can clear the sidewalk. So we get sticks and trees. Yeah. This is the way we rise. Jesus will make us alive. Loving our neighbors and we love them in the name of our God. Compassion, not just words but action. Rising from the ashes just like Lazarus from the casket.
then we'll rise too. And though we're crying, dying doesn't have the final. And neither does destruction. We keep it on believing in that Jesus resurrection. We practice it, we get after it, like mathematicians master it. It happens, the gavel of compassion, God has been dropping it. All rise for the call. Healing for the nations and justice for us all. Hungry get to eat again. Where we find their peace within. Everybody's gonna get a home and never have to wonder where they're gonna ever get to sleep again. J-E-S-U-S. Bless the blessed, fresh to death. Seeking peace, more and more. Seeking war, less and less. Resurrect. He's driving the bones that need it. of God's people showed up in Detroit and so did hope and a reminder of who God is in the lives of those people and in our own lives that were changed. The story that we didn't hear this morning is the story of what happens when Abraham and Sarah don't trust God and decide to take matters into their own hands. So they have Abraham lie with Sarah's servant Hagar. And so Hagar bears a son, and they name him Ishmael. So there you go, right? Problem solved. They got it done. God wasn't working on their time. But see, God had other things planned that were more incredible. And God makes good on his promises. And Sarah has a son named Isaac. It just wasn't in their time. But when this happens, and Sarah sees Hagar playing with Isaac, as she should as Sarah's servant, Hagar and Ishmael are no longer welcome. And so they are banished from the camp. This is one of those stories in scripture that rises up as one that breaks my heart, that reminds us of our own human condition. Because Hagar was doing what the people in power over her asked. And she got the job done, so to speak. And then is punished because of Abraham and Sarah's own disbelief. Hagar and Ishmael are caught in the middle. And they are the ones who live with the consequences of Sarah and Abraham's behavior. And we see this heartbreaking scenario everywhere we look today. In the story of people who have to flee their homes because it is no longer safe and can't find a place to live. For people who can't find a job with a living wage. 
for the people who are old and no longer cared for because of it. This summer, a group of middle school students from our church traveled to Louisville to work alongside those helping the refugees, the poor, and the elderly. Here's their story. Okay, go. Hi, my name is Natalie Havenstroy. Mitchell Tees. My name is Sierra Max. Uh, Jack Weber. Uh, I'm Tyler Johnson. I helped feed kids that needed food. And today we went to a kid's food pantry and we made lunches for little kids. Then we went to a park and we gave them the lunches that we made for them. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. And a story that I have is that um, when we went to deliver the food to people at Lord's Kitchen, there were a lot of little kids that came in and they didn't seem like they were having a very good day. But once we started to play with them, they, it seemed like their day got a lot better. The neighborhood, when we like arrived there, I honestly wasn't like happy with where we were. It was kind of scary because I'm not used to like being places like that. But seeing all the kids and seeing how happy they were like kind of made a difference in my head of how I like think of people. Because the kids were honestly so happy to see us, so happy to see food, and it was like really cute. And what moment stood out for you the most today? Mm, probably seeing the kids' reaction when we gave them food. Uh, they loved seeing and playing with us too. And I was glad that I was able to help them out and they were smiling. Even though they lived in really poor conditions, it was, it was really nice to see them smiling. I'm Jacqueline Thomas, and today I went to the Salvation Army to help clean up, and I went to the Kling Center to help entertain the senior citizens there. And a moment that stood out for me was I was talking to one of the senior citizens, and we weren't having much of a conversation. And then he's like, do you like the Packers? And I just had to smile and said, I'm from Wisconsin, of course I like the Packers. <laughs> And uh, my God moment was seeing how appreciative the workers at uh, the Salvation Army were to see us help clean up and be willing to help clean up. And yeah. Hi, I'm Allie Eklund. Hi, my name is Hunter Robinson. And today we did a lot of things. We worked at a church, worked at the Salvation Army, and we painted a lady's home. And when we were done, she gave us a prayer, and that was really cool. And my A got for the week is after painting our second house, we got to see a girl that just got done with back surgery walk for the first time. I'm Molly Fredrickson, and today I went to the refugee warehouse. My favorite thing from today was probably helping move the furniture because I know it helped a lot of people, and they said it was it was much needed. And a God moment was also at the refugee warehouse because I knew he was there when everyone was helping them, and. I knew he wanted us to help them.
my name is Larson Birdsong. Hi, my name is Sonia Clevin. My name is Jillian Reitzel. Hi, my name is Casey Turk. My name is Amelia Myers. We are helping people, refugees from other countries, learn English. They came from all over places such as Somalia and Cuba and all over Nepal, places like that. And a story that I have is when I was working with one of the students, she kept on trying to find out like what she needs to do to like get a job and stuff. So I felt like that was pretty fun. Um, well, a lot of them are just learning English and a lot of their cultures don't like, uh, like have some of the sounds we have. Like a lot of them um, can't say their THs. So we have to work really hard to, for them to say It was so amazing to see that how happy all these people were to learn English as a second language and how eager they were to learn. A moment that really stuck out to me was just getting to like know and connect with the people there. A moment where I connected with God was um, just how like thankful they were that we could just be there. When I was teaching a student named Luel, and she looked at me and she said, you're from America. And then I said, yeah, I'm from America. And she said, in four years, I'll be able to go like you. I thought that was really cute. our kids are being reminded that God loves them no matter what. And it's really easy for us to remember that when things are good, when we don't have to worry about our safety or if we'll have a home to go to or food to eat. It is really easy to trust in the promises of God when we're here. It isn't so easy when it seems as if there is no hope. When you are so afraid for your life and the lives of those around you that fleeing is the only option. When food is so scarce and you can't find work and you aren't sure where you're going to live. When the schools don't have enough money to pay teachers so that their kids can learn so that maybe they might have a better life. There is little hope there except when the people of God step up and help. When the people of God, those charged with being Christ in this world, stand up and say, enough. 
Enough of this poverty and tyranny and oppression and inequality. When the people of God actually believe that God's light shines through them and Christ's life was given for all people, then lives are changed and hope is restored. Our theme this year, Come to the Table, may begin with our own recognition of our brokenness and our own need to be made whole, but it doesn't stop there. Christ's forgiveness and love was never meant to be kept for just the individual. Instead, it is meant to be lived out, to be shared. So we go from this table out to the world where we invite others. And that invitation looks like us listening to what our neighbor needs and working to fulfill that need. It's where we listen and respond. And then we come back to this table to be made whole again as we confront our sin in living our comfortable lives and not being Christ's light in the world. And it is not an easy life. I am not going to lie to you. It is not easy to live as a follower of Christ because the world will scoff at our actions and our beliefs that we could actually make a difference. And even fellow Christians will say to you, you're not going to make any difference. It's too big. I heard those words just this last week. But we are not called by God to be timid or fearful. We are called to be courageous and bold. So let's do it. Let's be the people of God, the church in this world. Let's follow the example of our young people who went out and made a difference by cleaning up a street or spending three hours a day teaching someone English. Let's seek out ways to follow God in the unexpected and the hurting places in this world. Let us be what God has called us to be.